welcome to Men in Charge. I'm Kevin Decker. And I'm Tony Flynn. Today's episode, because you're keeping track, keeping count, and you want to remain alert, is Season 10, Episode 6, Why Animals Commit Murder. I think finally, Kevin, this is the day that we get to the bottom of this question. That's right. And how come so many animals have never been convicted for these murders? It's troubling. It shines kind of a dark light on the policing situation in your local forest. A lot of animals are getting away with it. That's right. How many do you see hauled up? Because this is what we should expect. This is what our tax money should go for. Mm-hmm. Animals are getting away with murder. They kill each other. Yeah, and they sometimes do. they, they do. attack people if you right. provoke them or go into their habitat or jab them with sticks. They will murder you. A ranger could perhaps corner one of these animals. But then the animal just cries, particularly if it's a deer. I have no respect for no. deers. Yeah, I don't. I, I have video games in which I'm allowed to shoot them. So, In Men in Charge, we prefer the predator. Yeah, we do. Like, for example, your average CrossFit instructor. Because humans are also animals, as a reminder. But some animals are more animalistic than others. And the ones in the woods or that wander into your yards because we've destroyed their habitat... They're out to kill you unless they're a deer, in which case, who cares? Yeah, that's right. We're, we're totally ignoring deers for the rest of today's episode. Yeah, though, since that's not a count noun, we... I guess at Men in Charge, since we're guys, we can say deers. It doesn't deers, matter if we make a mistake. We're ignoring deer, deers, yeah. Well, as the language becomes cruder and, and, and more rough, we're ending up putting S's on the ends of count nouns that never needed them. Right, I mean, it's based upon reading less. Mm-hmm. So less is preserved, less is thought about. And, of course, that's a perfect segue for talking about today's segments, if we'd like to, because very little is said. Very little has been said. (laughs) And we know now why animals commit murder. And let's not forget that reason. That's right. Kevin, I think we have some pretty impressive sketches coming up. Tell us why Sky High Man Part 7 should especially delight the listener. Well, Sky High Man Part 7 is just a long episode. Uh, if you're trying to time some rice boiling, for example, if, if your recipe takes 11 minutes and 22 seconds, Sky High Man is your timer, as it were, for that. It is really long. When I was writing the Sky High Man's This One Is Yours, or Sky High Men, but there's only one Sky High Man. They were shorter, but that's because I ran out of things to have happen. You didn't. No, I I thought it might be good to actually bounce Sky High Man off of a real crime, not one that he unintentionally commits, for example. (laughs) And so, you know, you got to go with the standard bank robbery. And I also thought it might be nice to put a supervillain into Sky High Man's Sky High Universe or Maniverse, uh, whatever we want to call that. So the overthinker is what I just came up with. On It was a great yeah. superhero who <laughs> doesn't rise to the heights. In the yeah. same way that Sky High Man doesn't fly, yeah. he dangles from a helicopter, That's right. obscured by a lot of smoke. After that, we um, move to another service offered by Men in Charge, Thoughts and Prayers Legal Services. That's right. You know that when there's just another mass shooting, you need to be able to go somewhere to uh, give the victims your thoughts and prayers. You can get them both with Men in Charge Legal Services, but stay tuned to hear more. Yep, listen carefully for that. Tony, I'm going to throw a few words out that are going to evoke the listener into guessing what the next segment is. Rainfall, a generator, a podcast, and a hammock. 
when all those come together. What do we have? But Johnny Hambone, library bouncer, podcast from the hammock. Johnny Hambone on work release for a trumped-up no-name tag charge from a couple of years ago. Keep the name tag on. Is trying to uh, help his old cellmate, Big Nell, fight some extortionist white suburban moms. They have quite a tangle that once again ends up poorly for Johnny Hambone and Big Nell. Stay tuned and get out your handkerchiefs because this is a sob story. Listeners, danger is about to erupt on the streets of Lower Heights. So now it's time for the continuing adventures of Sky High Man, Lower Heights' excuse for a superhero. Sky High Man's secret identity is Wendell, Wendy Henderson, heir to the Henderson Dog Food with Additives Corporation. As you'll remember from last time, Sky High Man was being sued by the Devil's Indemnity Savings and Bank to recover alleged damages incurred during his last rescue. Wendy's so-called attorney at law, Richard J. Garlick, has decided on the brilliant legal strategy of having Wendy himself sue Sky High Man as well. Evading these civil pressures that must, it seems, attend the career of every superhero, Wendy has invited his niece Phoebe, one of the few who know about his career as Sky High Man, over to do the Pulp Fiction dance to some post-punk new wave music. This basement bar and rec room sure is sick, Uncle Wendy. Call it a Rathskeller. Rathskeller? Say, Uncle Wendy, isn't Men in Charge going to be sued by the rights holder of Elastica's connection for playing so much of this song? Don't worry, Phoebe. Nobody listens to Men in Charge anyway. Hey, could you switch off the 8-track player? Is that a landline? And why is the phone set red? Shh. Hello? This is Wendy... Uh, Sky... Sky High Man. Go ahead, Chief. Hello, Sky High Man. This is the Chief. Excellent, Chief. Because this is Sky High Man. Good. Now that that's settled... I'm afraid we need your assistance, Sky High Man. We should have known that as soon as Lower Heights got its own superhero, or a reasonable facsimile thereof, we'd attract supervillains. And now one has raised her head. Who's the chief, Uncle Wendy? Chief of Police, Gillette Surety. Now, shh! This supervillain has just taken hostages and is trying to crack the safe at the Pansy Hollow location of Devil's Indemnity Savings and Bank, as every supervillain must have their nom de criminalité. She's calling herself the malefactor whose inordinate IQ supports outrageous and profitable schemes of transgression and offense. But since time is short, we are all just calling her the Overthinker. Or you could just do an anagram of her name and call her Timimwigiswapisto. <laughs> no, no, thanks, Sky High Man. We'll take care of the nomenclature. The what? The naming of the supervillains. We just need you to fly to the intersection of Northwest First and South Northeast Streets in Pansy Hollow and stop her. Okay, I'm on my way. Wait, Chief? I just have one problem. Mrs. Helicopter Pilot is in Daytona Beach right now, crashing the teenager's spring break. And why is that a problem? You'll just fly over there on your own, right? Yes, right. 
That's right. I, I can just fly over there on my own. Okay. So please hurry, Sky High Man. Remember, the Overthinker has hostages. And although some of those folks are workers in the financial industry and therefore very expendable, others are customers. Right, Chief. I'm on my way. If Miss Helicopter Pilot isn't around to fly you, how are you going to get there, Uncle Wendy? Well, just as Batman has his Batmobile, Sky High Man has his 1972 Sky High Ford Cortina. Come with me. And so Sky High Man leaps into action, listeners. But not too quickly, thanks to a groin muscle pull that he unaccountably sustained doing the Pulp Fiction dance to Elastica's connection. So if there's anyone listening who works for Geffen Records or for ASCAP, you might want to make a note of that and listen until the end of this sketch when we read the address and phone number of Men in Charge's own lawyer, Richard J. Garlic, and then let the fun begin. So Sky High Man and Phoebe light out in the 1972 Sky High Ford Cortina. It's a pearlescent baleen whale gray and faster than a speeding rickshaw. Unbeknownst to his niece, Sky High Man has his mind on a special kind of justice called quid pro quo. If he saves the employees and customers of the Devil's Indemnity Savings and Bank, surely they'll call off their suit against him. Meanwhile, at the Pansy Hollow branch of Devil's Indemnity... Okay, Overthinker, you've handcuffed and hogtied everyone at the bank. Now what? I've made sure that when I hack the security footage, we get pics of you showing your best side. Look, I'm the bank manager. You don't have to hack anything. I'll give you the footage. Shut up, capitalist pig. I've also chained each employee and customer to each other to make a squirrel's nest of intersecting ropes. I don't think they would have gotten out of the handcuffs, but the overkill's a nice touch. Do you think the bank president will mind if I give him a little kick in the spleen? He denied my father a loan for proposing phone sanitizing business he pitched a few years back. To the vault! Now, let's ponder. Will they have chosen a very easy combination? Believing that anyone foolish enough to try and crack a safe in this day and age will be very intelligent? Or will they have realized that criminals with very high IQs, such as myself, would realize that strategy, and thus they chose a very difficult combination? Most safecrackers that I, Lester Bellamy, underappreciated adolescent, have represented have used some sort of equipment rather than played guessing games about the motivations of security people. Again, I can just give you the safe combination if you'll- Security people, that's it. We'll find one of the bank guards. Surely he or she- Or they. Or they will know the combination or how to get it. And given all your modus operandi of over-rationalizing everything, perhaps we should grab all the security guards in case the first one decides to keep shtum. Brilliant. Now you're overthinking. <laughs> it's the anthropoid who traces aerial trajectories over lower heights. Or more succinctly, Sky High Man. Delightful. Sky High Man's response to my crimes confirms my status as a supervillain. Lester? Lester Bellamy? What are you doing here? I'm unofficially representing the overthinker here, Sky High Man. We haven't drawn up a formal contract yet, but hey, did you think I was only raised to public profiles of superheroes? My talent isn't that limited. Please. 
I've anticipated your arrival, Sky High Man. In fact, I've put plans in place for both that possibility and the possibility that you wouldn't show up at all. And for a few other possibilities as well. The overthinker doesn't subscribe to logic founded on the principle of the excluded middle Sky High Man. Well, superhero, what's your plan? Well, uh, I, uh, think I'm gonna save the day. Aha! You stole that from Con Air. See how your wit has diminished since you set my services aside? There's really nothing you can do, Sky High Man. Not only have I handcuffed, hogtied, and roped together all the bank employees and customers, but I've also wired the ropes to a pressure-sensitive sensor and this bundle of C4 explosive. What? You didn't tell me there was going to be a possibility of murder, overthinker. Getting squeamish, Lester? No, it's just now that I'm going to have to raise my fees in that new contract of ours. As I see it, I can do one of three things here, overthinker. One is to flee the way I came and leave things to the police. But that would hurt my already overstrained public image even more. Now you're overthinking, Sky High Man. Please, leave it to the police, Sky High Man. Second, I could use my superpowers to blow this crime scene wide open, Overthinker. I think the Overthinker is prepared to do that all by herself. Don't overthink things, Lester. Because my third option is to just pull this tiny little blue wire that goes between Overthinker's C4 explosive and the receiver for the pressure-sensitive sensor. Bing! Threat diffused. Drat! Foiled again! Hooray! Hooray for Sky High Man! Oh, watch yourself up there, Phoebes! Don't use my street name, Uncle B- uh, Sky High Man! I'm your sidekick. So call me high as Wu-Tang gets, girl. No, I won't. Now, Lester, untie and help these poor people on the floor, and maybe we can get your role in this attempted crime ratcheted down from accomplice to accessory. (laughs) Nice catch, Sky High Man. You'll have to hone your superpowers, sidekick. But I think our work here is done. Oh, thanks, Sky High Man. As a measure of devil's indemnity, savings, and bank, I'd like to offer to drop our suit against you for the footage of you rescuing people from one of our buildings. Thanks! Uh, I never expect a reward, however. (laughs) Say, hi as Wu-Tang gets, girl. Do you have a representation? Let's get cookies and milk and talk things over. Well, that's all the time we have for Sky High Man today, listeners. Tune in next time when we'll hear Wendy and Phoebe say... Uh, This is a summons to court next week, but the woman from Devil's Indemnity said they were going to drop their suit. Well, you know what they say, Uncle Wendy. A verbal agreement isn't worth the paper it's printed on. Yes, you're listening to Men in Charge, and no, you can't be upgraded to Men in Charge Plus.
This portion of our show is brought to you by Thoughts and Prayers Legal Services, with two branches right here in Lower Heights. That's right, Kevin. Where else in the world of legal trick-or-treats can one hope to find a corporate shoulder to lean on in times of personal crisis, with no money down and easy monthly payments? Where else, indeed? Well, let's start with right here. When you're facing the slings and arrows of everyday catastrophe, they want you to know how much they care. And that they're thinking of you during regular business hours in your time of perceived difficulty. So, within 48 hours of your reaching out to them, and before they've even decided to take your case, they've already processed your personalized, sharing your grief welcome package. This tastefully understated commiseration packet artfully expresses their commitment to the fine arts of legal listening and billable finger-pointing. Committed to state-of-the-art ultra-premium empathy summation services, their firm's commitment to you, the grievee, is quite simply unsurpassed, at least in the men in charge listening area. Whether you're trying to cope with this week's mass shooting, or the hundreds of thousands of needless deaths from the Covefe virus, or last week's mass shooting, they've heard it all before. Which isn't to say they don't carefully consider each case brought to them on its individual grief merits. And while they obviously can't explore each potential client's case without carefully considering its potential pitfalls and probable outcome, they can promise you, or most of your designated loved ones, will receive a touching, heartfelt, 5x7-inch, faithful, full-color reproduction of Vincent van Gogh's The Potato Eaters, just to remind folks that things could be worse. So, no matter where your grief came from or is going, why not give the friendly crew down at Thoughts and Prayers Legal Services a call right now? You're probably sad about something right this minute. You bet I am. And it was something different just yesterday. Well, pick up the phone, man. That's Thoughts and Prayers Legal Services, serving folks until things start to perk up. And then you're on your own. Call today. Listening yet again to Men in Charge. Have you heard the sacred wisdom yet? And now it's time for Johnny Hambone, podcast from the hammock. As you'll remember from last time, Johnny Hambone, library bouncer, was on prison work release to help his former cellmate, Big Nell, address the extortion threats of a criminal organization of suburban white moms. Unfortunately, Johnny has failed so far. The suburban white mom's ringleader, Tiffany, keeps getting him and Big Nell run out of town under threat of arrest for acting woke. But they do not give up and Big Nell returns Johnny to the woods where she has housed him in a hammock. Johnny, as long as Tiffany doesn't find this hammock, we still got a chance to break this gang. I'm still announcing, Big Nell. As we join Johnny in his hammock, a light rain is falling, but Johnny has a plan. Oh, fine. Welcome, listener. I'm Johnny Hambone, 
Library Bouncer. I used to work in the library at Lower Heights Community College, dealing with trouble in all its forms. That was years ago now, before my arrest for not showing my name tag at the Library Bouncers Conference downtown. I was even going to deliver a paper that could have made my career. But, as the announcer said, I have a plan. That is, I had a plan. Here's what happened. Don't look now, Johnny, but Tiffany's on her way toward us right now. Did you leave a trail through the woods to your hammock? I couldn't have. I move like the wind, and when I wear my ballet slippers, I barely touch the ground. Hide your hammock. Wow, why am I not surprised? Big Nell and Johnny Hambone hiding in the woods like a couple of rabbits. I'm no rabbit. A badger, maybe? I'm the badger, Tiffany, and don't you forget it. I'm more like the mighty stag, or maybe a mongoose. No, wait. Mongoose aren't native to this area. So the mighty stag, I guess. Canadian geese are native to this area. Have you been checking out all the ponds? Let me stop you right there, Tiffany. A mongoose is not a kind of goose. It's a lightning-fast mammal belonging to the family Herpestidae. The mongoose lives close to the ground and is deadly to venomous snakes, if you get my meaning. I know what a mongoose is. I was simply mocking your animal comparison. Well, Tiffany, now that you've impressed us with your knowledge of Canadian things, you'll be on your way then. Don't you have to get back to your martinis and your shoe collection? You're right. Because of you two, I'm off schedule. Schedule. So now that I've tracked you like a gazelle to your lair... Let me stop you right there, Tiffany. You didn't track us. Like a gazelle. Gazelles aren't predators. They're prey. You've slipped up yet again, Tiffany. You're bound to slip up yet again, again, on the way back to your sprawling, garishly vulgar, and utterly tasteless ranch house. Now, why is that? Look at your shoes. Open toe, stiletto heels, they're ruined. You're such a peasant, Big Nell. Do you actually think I go tracking you two through the woods with only a single pair of Gian Vito Rossi Rania crystal embellished mesh pumps? Of course I brought along a second pair. Look. Oh, now let's get to the real business at hand, shall we? Hand over the hammock, Johnny. What hammock? I don't see any hammock. Me neither. Besides, what do you expect me to sleep on if you take 
my hammock. Hypothetically, if I had one, which I don't. So, the one shoved up the back of your t-shirt and not quite stuck into the back of your pants isn't your hammock. No way. That's just a thick yardage of canvas with ropes at each end. It couldn't possibly work as a hammock wedged under my clothes like this. You'll have to look elsewhere for this mysterious hammock of yours. Now, why don't you just put on your second pair of Gian Vito Rossi Rania crystal embellished mesh pumps and scurry along back to that reality show you call reality. Big Nell and I have to get back to destroying your syndicate. Not without that hammock. That's the last weapon in your quiver, Johnny. And it's not much of a weapon, is it? There's no way it could ever fit inside of a quiver. You know, Johnny, if that really were a hammock wedged up the back of your shirt and down the back of your trousers, we could string it between two trees and roll her up in it. Piece of sheet cake. Drop her there for days. Let's do it. I don't care how greased up she is with spray tan. Don't you dare talk about me in the third person. And I warn you, my spray tan is fresh. I think she means it, Big Nell. She's never glistened this aggressively before. I say we go for it. I'll grab her second pair of Gian Vito Rossi Rania crystal embellished mesh pumps and you... What did I just say about using the third person in reference to me? I guess it's worth a try, Big Nell. This rolled up canvas with ropes attached is getting mighty uncomfortable. Wait, do you hear that helicopter in the distance? No, Johnny... Me neither. And I wouldn't hear it, even if I wanted to. What do you say to that, Tiffany? What about now? Well, okay, now for sure. A little too convenient, if you ask me. That helicopter's coming to take you out of town. Way out of town. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm sure it'll drop you off. Somewhere. And that's all the time we have now for Johnny Hambone's podcast from the hammock. Tune in again next time when we'll hear Johnny say, Damn it, Big Nell. We ran out of time before I could explain my plan. Kevin, I know you like to thank the cast, but I'm more grateful than you are, so I'm going to thank them now. Jody Stewart Strobelt, Steve Lloyd, Faith Lloyd, Davis Hill, Rennie Yarrow, Nancy Roth, Tony Flynn, Kevin Decker, Terry McMullen, and Maureen Hager as Maureen. We'd also like to thank our writers for today. Who are our writers? Our writers are Scott Herrick, Kevin Decker, and Tony Flynn. 
We'd like to thank The Bad Plus for our theme song, and we'd also like to give determinate thanks to that indeterminate number of people, Nisha Schramm, Nancy Roth, Carrie Boyce, Vern Windham, and the man who knows that, quote, quality assurance since the 1950s has been cashed out in terms of so-called total quality management, TQM, referring to company-wide efforts to improve the quality of processes and products, thus delivering greater value to the customer, unquote is a sentence in English, Brian Lindsay.